Welcome to another episode of Delisted, the podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Sorry that I jumped on the end of your tail there, Michael. Oh, no, it's I appreciate it. I liked it. I like when you jump on my tail. Not in a Hashtag. sexy way. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm obviously just so excited to get started on our very first story um, of this episode. So we're opening with the words I never, ever could have predicted I'd say in a million years, which is that this weekend, Demi Lovato got into a fight with a frozen yogurt shop. Not- I mean... I'm surprised, but not. <laughs> well, not an employee. Like, no, but actual I, yeah. frozen yogurt location slash franchise. Yeah, I'm surprised, but not. I that mean, there, she there got are, mad about this. There are stranger things that yes. could have yeah. led in with. Yeah. But for now, we're talking about Frodo. <laughs> so, full disclosure, I feel like I need, because I'm a serious journalist, both of us are, we're nothing but, we have nothing but integrity running through our bones. So I feel the need to disclose the fact that I have also gotten uh, into it with a Froyo shop before, mm-hmm. but it was because they told me that I was eating too many samples. You know, when you get those little like um, little paper cups and they let you go and try the flavors. They really told you that? How many were you trying? Oh, I had like 30. So no, they were, they in, were... one, in one visit, Allison. Yes. And then I got frozen yogurt. Listen, they were How many well flavors prepared. did they... Were there 31 flavors? It wasn't a frozen yogurt place. It was Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins. You just wanted to eat all the flavors. And my arm was just over the counter, just scooping it up, like putting in my hand, being like, I'll have another sample, please. They're like, ma'am, that's a whole fistful of ice cream. I'm like, yeah, I know. I need it. I need more world-class chocolate. Um, no, they only had like eight, but I was, I hadn't, couldn't decide. But anyways, well, yeah, yeah. the point is they were in the right. I was in the wrong. And in this well, case... It's a good thing you didn't have like millions and millions of Instagram followers because you probably would have put them on blast. Absolutely. And then the situation could have gone a little something like how Demi Lovato's situation went. So this isn't necessarily Demi's is more about what she didn't want to eat as opposed to what I wanted to eat, which was every flavor. So Demi Lovato stopped by uh, a yogurt frozen yogurt franchise called the Big Chill 2G's. I don't know if it's owned by Jason Biggs or not. I, I'm sorry, I couldn't research that. So I obviously am not, I don't have as much journalistic integrity as I claim to have had. We know that she stopped off at the Big Chill because she posted about it in her Instagram stories, like you said, for her 100 million Instagram followers. So this started after she posted a story and she wrote, Finding it extremely hard to order from the Big Chill when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies slash other diet foods before you get to the counter do better, please. Hashtag diet culture vultures. So the reason that Demi stated that was because, you know, uh, along with addiction, um, she struggled with, you know, battling an eating disorder for years. So obviously food is something that's very triggering for her. Right. And something that was very triggering for her was to see cookies and snacks in the big chill that maybe were sugar-free, gluten-free, high-protein, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So she said that she wanted the hashtag to start trending because she wanted to call out harmful messaging from brands and companies. And she kept posting in her Instagram stories um, her interactions with the Big Chill because she was tagging the Big Chill. So they probably realized, like, wait a second, all of a sudden their Instagram account went from, like, no activity to tons of activity overnight, and they realized where it was coming from. 
Yeah, and her fans were also like leaving one star reviews on their Yelp. Yes, because Demi as Lovato that goes, yeah. Yeah, Demi Lovato started out as a Disney child star, so she's got those she's got the type of fans that are like going to be with her till the very end. And they have the time. Oh, they had plenty of time for the big chill this weekend. Also, there's a movie called The Big Chill, right? Oh my god, Allison, yes. <laughs> I know William that Hurt, Meg uh, Tilly, Meg, Meg Tilly. Um, shit, there's someone really big in it that I... <laughs> Glenn Close. Anyway, Glenn Close. Yes, thank you. Okay. Mary Kay Place, I believe. Okay, okay, yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay, she's the only one that really matters to me. Mary Kay Place. So, <laughs> anyways, it's not. I don't think it's in association with the Big Chill. So the Big Chill apologized. Um, they like, you know, DM'd her, and they're like, "We're really sorry if you were offended by that." the end like what else were they gonna say so of course she like screen grabbed that and posted that and she said like she responded to them saying you know the whole experience was triggering and awful your staff was rude as hell i didn't enjoy my time there i like didn't want to order anything and you know she said like i'm coming from a place of like obviously like this isn't a safe place for me to be in because you know i struggle with an eating disorder and like seeing this kind of messaging is whatever it's very fucked up for her obviously so some people agreed with her that like the message around sugar-free and gluten-free can come across as diet culture which for sure like gluten-free can sometimes come across as diet culture wait but isn't froyo part of diet culture too anyway? Froyo, yes froyo is diet culture in the same the same way that like um like a diet coke is diet culture like, it was created for the same reason where it's like, hey, I know you want ice cream, but listen, ice cream is going to make you fat. So here's some yeah. frozen yogurt. Here's some low calorie frozen stuff. It should scratch that itch. It won't. But here you go. So, yeah, Froyo is definitely diet culture. It's also delicious, though, too. But mm, it has roots yeah, in you diet can have culture. It. You can have it. You can have it. Yeah, You can have your 30 samples of the Froyo. I'll I'd, I'll have a sugar-free cookie. My preference is ice cream. I'll always say that my preference is ice cream. But if there's Froyo close, I'll get it. Um, so some people obviously agreed with her. Some people were very quick to mention, like, okay, the reason that somebody might be eating sugar-free isn't because they're on a diet. It's because maybe they have diabetes. Or, like, maybe they're eating gluten-free because they have celiac disease or Crohn's disease. And they have to eat gluten-free. Or... Quite frankly, no offense to anyone involved in this, you don't know what somebody's uh, diet is, and yeah, who cares? People can eat what they want to eat. That's the joy of food. Is that like? Yeah, it's not like it said this won't make you fat. Cookie, it was just like sugar free cookie. Yeah, they weren't like hi. I see you have an absolute a absolute gas, a, a gun. Yeah, you've so got to eat this eat, cookie. Don't yeah. eat the sugar ones. Yeah, They're like, avoid all this food. Here's some free water because obviously this is all you need right now. Yeah, they weren't they weren't setting it up like that. They weren't pushing like flat tummy tea, you know, a sample of that along with the frozen yogurt. But anyways, the point is Demi Lovato, very upset about it. So I guess after enough people pointed out that like, you know, you don't know why somebody is eating sugar free stuff. Um, she issued like she recorded a video apologizing and obviously because like you had mentioned her fans were attacking the big chill on yelp i'm sure their instagram account was an absolute mess like the comments are probably filled with stuff so yeah and and also like her dms with them 
were serious. Like she was saying shit like, you don't want to mess with me. Oh, like, yeah. She, she was, was like going she, in and it's like she needed to chill out. She needed to big chill out. <laughs> with two G's. With two G's. Not because just I was one, like, two. really? I get it. It's triggering. But also, like like you said, there's diabetics. Yeah. And their experiences are valid, too. But she like flipped out. Oh, yeah. She definitely went Karen. Because here's the thing. I'm never going to police the way that somebody says something. But if I was in that situation, it would just be super easy to message them and be like, hey, I don't know if you've thought about this before. Uh, I live with an eating disorder and some of the stuff that you sell there maybe might have come might come across as diet culture. I'm just letting you know. And then you just wait for them to say, OK, or like or get fucked. Leave who you cares? On, or leave you on. Or leave you on red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you like just don't go to them anymore if you like have an issue with them. But yeah, she was kind of positioning it like. You know, it was very much like, I own 51% of this company and I'm going to close it down. Well, yeah. And it's like, they're this small business and she mm-hmm. puts them on blast to all her millions of followers. Like, it, you know, like I could see like having a serious conversation about diet culture, but like attacking this small business being like, I'm going to take you down, bitch. Yeah. They've got like, what, like four locations? Like, go, I don't know who I would even go after. And, like, go after Diet Coke. Go go after somebody who, who's got the money to handle it. Who, who's not going to have to be like, hi, employees, you're all laid off because we Thank can't you. operate Demi anymore. Lovato. Demi Lovato put us out of business. So in her apology, she says, so she, I mean, to quote her song, it's a little bit sorry, not sorry. But I'm human and I talk about my struggles. And I'm passionate, so I'm sorry that I got the messaging wrong. I'm sorry that I may have disappointed some people, but I'm not coming after a small business as someone with a lot of followers. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm coming, I walked into a situation that didn't sit right with me. My intuition said, speak up about this, so I did. And I feel good about that. What I don't feel good about is some of the way that it's been interpreted and how the message has gotten misconstrued over all of it um and then also she kind of made it seem like you know like she's like i would i'd love to work with the big chill and like let them know why this is diet culture but like they haven't really reached out to me or whatever and it's like you know Uh, what yeah stay away from the big chill stay i understand what your message is keep pushing that message but leave the big chill alone they just want to serve frozen yogurt also she's listen again i i'm I'm with Demi Lovato in the way that, like, there is, like, examples of diet culture, which are, like, very obnoxious. And with that being said, I hope that she keeps the same energy but diverts it to a place where it really, you know, where she could do some good, which is um, fat-free salad dressing, which to me is major diet culture. And it's super gross and it should not exist. So if you're going to put anyone out of business, put 99% fat-free Hidden Valley Ranch out of business. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that, but I'm going to go with you. Yeah, that sounds nasty. It's disgusting. It tastes like creamy oil, like watery oil. mm -hmm. It it shouldn't exist. Creamy oil. (laughs) Well, to me, it's like she, okay, like you said, like, reach out to them and say, hey, this, that. But, like, she puts them on blast for her, and she would not, it was the hill she wanted to die on. The (laughs) Froyo hill she wanted to die on, because she, like, kept going in and in and in. I was like, talk about someone having a lot of time. 
because I'm sure I have more time than she does and I still don't have time for that. Yeah, and also too, she should have just kind of like, their first response was kind of just like sort of a shrug. Like they're like, okay, well, we're sorry. Like, it's like, take the message. They're obviously not interested in like getting into like, they don't want to workshop this with you. Well, you know what I didn't like about their response is they mm-hmm. missed an opportunity because they could have said to her, "Fro yo information, Demi. <laughs> these these sugar free cookies are for not promoting diet culture." You know what, Big Chill? Yeah, Big Chill. You do have a villain moment in here. That's yeah, not saying Fro yo information. Okay, we're going to move on to a story about The Bachelor, a show I have not watched in years and years. Did you ever watch this? I used to a lot. I used to have a bachelor night with my friends. And then I I stopped, I think, somewhere around like season 18. Season 19, perhaps. Yeah, I think I stopped season five. Because it was it was just, it's just drunk women crying over yeah, a man. It gets a little repetitive. Yeah. So, but this is about Colton Underwood. He's 29. He was a pro football player. And then he was a contestant on the 14th season of The Bachelorette. And then he was The Bachelor in its 23rd season, which was in 2019. Mm -hmm. So he was known as the Virgin Bachelor because, duh, he still had his card. And they all need to have an angle. Yeah, that was his angle, like the religious virgin. So he's also known for jumping a wall in his season. Uh, Like in the final episodes, like one of his picks, Cassie, she decided to like eliminate herself and he couldn't take it. So he like tore up the mic and then jumped over the wall Mm -hmm. to like like, escape production. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so she he ends up like asking her to come back. She comes back. He picks her, but he did not propose to her um, in the final uh, episode. So more on Cassie in a little bit. So Colton, he came out as gay. And his coming out was very kind of old-fashioned Hollywood because, mm-hmm. like, nowadays, you know, they uh, people will come out, you know, like, on Instagram or it's a little more casual. It's not like, yep, I'm gay, cover of People magazine. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. So Crouching, crouching down with yeah. your arms crossed over your knees like Ellen. But Colton came out in a big interview with Robin Roberts for Good Morning America he said that he hated himself for a long time, used to pray the, to try to pray the gay away. Uh, he was in a dark place and he would have rather died than say that he's gay out loud. And that was his wake up call um, that he needed. So to be honest with himself and live his truth. Mm-hmm. So Colton says he's much happier now and healthier. And that's all great news like it's great news that he's happy he's healthy Mm -hmm. he's gay it's great being gay i should know so that's all great but there was a backlash for a couple reasons Mm -hmm. okay the first reason back to cassie is late last year cassie filed a restraining order in los angeles against colton so after the bachelor they dated for like a year and then they broke up Mm -hmm. so she claimed that colton was um stalking her would show up to her apartment in Los Angeles and her parents' house in Huntington Beach. She claimed that he would hang out in the alleyway right behind her bedroom, like at three in the morning. So that's, creepy shit like that. Yeah, that's like real stalkery. That's not just like, I whoops, I ran into you at Target. That's like, you're in the alleyway. That's not good. 
Yeah, it's lifetime movie stalking. Like, it's mm-hmm. classic stalking. And um, he uh, also put a tracking device on her car, which that's... That's a classic lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and um, sent her harassing texts. So the next month, Cassie dropped the restraining order and asked the police to stop investigating the stalking claims against Colton. So that was November of last year, so not that long ago. So a lot of people feel like, you know, oh, suddenly we're going to forget that Colton is a crazy bitch because Mm -hmm. he came out as gay, you know? Yeah, like, what's what's that thing that it's called when you put the tracker on the car? A low jack. Oh, low jack. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he he put a low jack like that's a not, secret low jack. A secret. Yeah. He didn't even tell her first. I'm going to put a low jack on your car. He just did it without her knowing. I mean, yeah. I don't think a lot of people would give you warning first. But yeah. Still, and the, then the, the stalking. Yeah. yeah. The point is, this isn't just like this isn't like a little stalking. Like, I think that some people are maybe guilty of like a little stalking. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Are you speaking from experience, Allison? No. <laughs> no. Well, no. no. There's a difference between, a... like, looking at, you know, your ex's Instagram page. That's what I mean. There's a very big difference between, like, yeah, like, checking your Instagram constantly and being like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Or, like, you know, oh, they work at they work at KFC. Like, I'm going to go through the drive-thru. Like, there's a huge difference between that and, like, having to go to the police and be like, this person is... Person put a low jack on my vehicle. Yeah, they're harassing me. They're exactly mm-hmm. so. A lot of people felt like, oh, suddenly we're gonna forget that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that was the case, I sh- would have robbed a bank before I came out and then <laughs> been like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. So can we forget that okay. bank robbery stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Cassie didn't directly respond to Colton coming out, and she, mm-hmm. but she did say thank you to the people who sent her kind messages. And like, I don't even think the stalking was really mentioned in his big coming out interview? No, not really. He just kind of said, like, I did some stuff I'm not proud of or, like, I was in a bit of a dark place. Yeah, it was a dark place. Yeah, dark place is what he used. So it was like, yeah. So the second thing is that five minutes after, and I'm not really exaggerating, it was right after his big Good Morning America interview, Mm -hmm. it was announced that he's starring in a Netflix reality show that is going to follow his coming out journey. And his fellow hot, white, gay celebrity, Gus Kenworthy, he's an Olympic skier, is going to be his gay guide through this coming out journey. His Gigi. Yes. And no offense to Gus Kenworthy, but what kind of gay guide is that? Honestly. Like, give me Richard Simmons, who isn't even out yet, but he would make a great gay guide. George Mm -hmm. Takei, Leslie Jordan. Like, give us some elder kings of the gay community. Yeah, like, a guide is supposed to guide you around. Like, they already have the roadmap for their life. Like, don't... Yeah, you can't go to somebody who, like, just pulled into the parking lot of the um, park, the National (laughs) Park with you. And, like, also doesn't know where they're going. The National Gay Park. Yeah, like, I want Leslie Jordan in a ranger hat. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. So, because... And that... His Netflix show, Colton's Netflix show, was shooting before the Good Morning America interview aired. Mm -hmm. So, if... It all feels very, you know, calculated. And he's already making money off of his coming out. 
it feel yeah it felt a little bit like a promo like exactly oh robin roberts don't forget by the way i'm gay but also don't forget to check out my coming out story coming to netflix march 30th yeah or wait i guess later april 30th that would be going back in time (laughs) i don't know what it is (laughs) so there's a change.org petition asking netflix to drop the show because they feel an abuser like colton doesn't deserve the platform the petition currently has twenty-seven thousand signatures it's a lot more than I thought, I'll be honest. Really? I thought there would be more. Because on Twitter, it felt like every single, maybe it's because of who I follow, mm-hmm. was like, not for this. It's not true. for the show, not for Colton getting all this praise. It's true. The responses of like every single tweet were like, he's an abuser, he's a stalker. <laughs> she had to go to the cops. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like when someone comes out, of course mm-hmm. I'm happy for them, but this feels like rebranding. You know, like, let's forget that stalker stuff, me being, you know, a mess on a reality show, and let's rebrand. It feels a little bit like that, and I think it's because it was Good Morning America. And there like, was a, and there's a reality show involved. Yeah, it's those two show. things. If it was, like, a Dateline or, like, a nighttime TV show, and the whole, like, spin on it was, like, hey, I'm Colton Underwood, like... I majorly stalked my girlfriend and guess what? I had I had a very weird relationship with her because it, I am gay, I'm a gay man and I was like running I was running for myself and I didn't know who I was and stuff like that. So like listen, let's talk about that. I would like I'd accept it and be like, "Yeah, okay, I get it. Like let's talk about the let's talk about like the psychology behind this." Yeah, that's the that's what the interview should have been. You know, it should yeah. have covered that more and then or yeah, or like wait, wait to announce the Netflix show. Yeah, it was like announced wait, give us some time. <laughs> right away. And it's like maybe it's just me, but I really don't think we need a reality show like about a hot white twenty something celebrity. Yeah. You know, navigating his new gay life with help from another hot white twenty something celebrity. Exactly. Like, what could we possibly learn that, like, a TikTok account couldn't give us? Or all the other shows, you know? It's like, give that show, you know, to a a, a queer teen of color coming out in a small town. Something like that. Instead, it's like, uh, I'd honestly rather watch Emily in Paris again than Colton's show. Ooh. Netflix is like, we probably shouldn't put that pull quote on the in the marketing package. I'd rather watch Emily in Paris again. They're like, that's not going to sell it for us. We're finishing off with a story of revenge, coffee-scented revenge. So two people who are married, Edward and Cheryl Patton, they are seniors. I'm not being shady. They are in their late 70s and early 80s. They're from Lakeview, New York, which is kind of near Buffalo. And for the past two years, they were finding coffee cups thrown onto their front yard and on their property and when i say thrown i mean i don't mean like somebody like dumped off like a pile of garbage on the end of their uh driveway or it wasn't the mistake of a sanitation person who accidentally you know dropped off a bunch of trash on their house so what had happened was every day edward and cheryl would go outside and they would find a mcdonald's coffee cup or sometimes two mcdonald's coffee cups uh at the end of their property And Mm -hmm. sometimes they had cigarette butts in them. 
Usually they were empty. Sometimes it had some extra coffee in it, but it was always the same. It was a McDonald's coffee cup, which was decaf because you know how they mark it off for you. Um, And this happened for almost two years. So Edward started collecting the coffee cups. He filled 10 trash bags with more than 300 cups. And so this is, again, almost two years worth of coffee cups. And they wanted to figure out, Edward and Cheryl wanted to figure out who was doing this. Because they're like friends with their neighbors, so it wasn't a neighbor. And they had no idea. They had, they had never caught the coffee cup culprit. They would just like go say that three own. Say that three times. Coffee cup culprit. Coffee cup culprit. No, you have to say caught, 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 coffee cup culprit. Oh, Cheryl. Oh, wait, that doesn't work because that's no, a that C- C-H. <laughs> Rats. Okay. <laughs> so they, Edward and Cheryl decided to set up um, a security camera. Edward bought a pair of high-powered binoculars. And so they wanted to set up their own stakeout. So Edward and Cheryl wanted to live their Richard Dreyfus Emilio Estevez fantasy. And they wanted to stake out their house and find out who was the coffee cup culprit because they want to catch them. Uh, and they couldn't do it. Like the odd time they would see like a, the car like drive by was a minivan, but they couldn't get the license plate. So all their neighbors started also doing it, like being like, we're going to catch the coffee cup culprit. And they tried to write down the license plate. Finally, one of their neighbors was able to get a good eye on it. They wrote it down. They went to the cops. They're like, here's the person who's been doing this. The police set up their own stakeout because they're like, yeah, we also want to figure this out because it's kind of harassment at this point. It's been almost two years. So then eventually they got, they like saw the person doing it and they like got the license plate number and the police were there and they pulled them over. And it was a 76 year old named Larry Pope. And this it's meant- It's always a Larry Pope. It's always Larry. Oh, Larry. Yeah. So Edward had no idea who Larry was. He's like, okay, Larry Pope, that sucks. But Cheryl was like, I know Larry Pope. And it was her at work enemy. So Cheryl works at this place called the Fisher Bus Service. And for like years, she has had a problem with Larry Pope. And she said like Larry Pope and her are always on like opposite sides of like union stuff. But she couldn't get into it because she's like a union steward or whatever. And she's like, things are confidential. Um, And uh, we don't know what's happening with Larry Pope. I don't know if they're going to press charges against Larry Pope. Or if Larry Pope is, you know, going to go to prison. We don't know this. Um, he, he can go to prison for throwing coffee cups. If you do it enough times, you can claim it's harassment. Yeah, that's true. Or I think it's like, is there felony littering? We got to ask Ben Midler. That's the thing. They, they should have yeah. gotten Ben Midler on the case. Because if you've seen that Simpsons episode. Yes. With the, where she <laughs> takes down the litterers. Litterers. Yeah, yeah, she would she would have taken down Larry Pope quick. Oh yeah, Edward wouldn't have ten trash bags full of cups. He'd have like um, half a grocery store bag with two cups in it because she would have caught him immediately. Yeah, she would have had that wrapped up. Yeah, but I think that I, I mean, obviously, I feel bad for Edward and Cheryl, especially Cheryl, because like that sucks. Obviously, to have somebody that you work with that's like going out of their way to fuck with you, like Larry sucks. Um, but. At least it wasn't, like, it could be worse. Like, Larry could have been leaving poop on their lawn. Oh, my God. You know, there's that story. There was a story about a jogger. I, I wrote about it on Delisted years ago. She was shitting on <gasps> the same family's lawn. Like, she was shitting on their lawn, and they couldn't yes. figure it out. So, yeah, that could have. But you know what? I think I'd rather have shit than McDonald's coffee 
on my lawn because that's worse than shit. So yeah, that McDonald's coffee is worse. Allison and I are now going to talk about five stories, starting with J-Rod. They're done for good. Um, it was rumored that they broke up because... Uh, A-Rod is a cheating slut, basically. And then it was reported that they didn't break up, that they were just going through it. But last week, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez announced that they are done after four years and have realized that they're better as friends. Also, right before they issued that statement, A-Rod posted an Instagram story where he showed off the altar he has in his house, like the altar to their love, um, it featured p- pictures of them, like kissing and stuff, mm-hmm. in frames from Home Goods. And in his Instagram story, he was playing Fix You by Coldplay. <laughs> I mean, what kind of early aughts high schooler? He probably removed him, her from his top eight on MySpace, too. <laughs> I'm like, are we sure that she left because of the cheating? Because it might have been that. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's a deal breaker. She saw the shrine. So, um, obviously, J-Rod J were together for a while, which means that they've kind of, like, you know, they got a lot of stuff between the two of them. So, um, sources say that they'll have to split up their homes and divide up their businesses. But Alex will likely get to keep all the phone numbers he collected during their relationship. Um, piggybacking off of that, because they were trying to buy the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing they didn't, because if they did, splitting up their shares in it would have been a bigger disaster than the Mets last season. And I honestly don't know how the Mets last season went, because I don't watch baseball, but that's all I had, really. And J-Lo, she's going to be engaged by the end of the year to another twin soul. So March 25th, 2021 was a dark day for Twitter, because it's the day that Chrissy Teigen quit Twitter again. Uh, She made it sound like that was it, but... We all knew it was not. Twitter did not have to wear their mourning veils for long because she returned to Twitter less than a month later on April 16th. So she dramatically tweeted, It turns out it feels terrible to silence yourself and also no longer enjoy belly chuckles randomly throughout the day and also lose like 2,000 friends at once. I chose to take the bad with the good. She's addicted. She's absolutely addicted. She needs and- to check herself into a treatment center. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's a repeat, actually. I think I said that about, um, who's the one? Anthony Weiner. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's, that's a repeat. Back in time. Yeah. It's you a reboot. What? Reduce, reuse, recycle, you know? Um, also, Chrissy originally left Twitter because um, people were bullying her for, like, being rich, which was kind of, like happening a lot yeah um so when she returned she's like listen i'm coming back but if any of you dare to think about bullying me for being rich again i am out of here and i won't be back for at least two and a half weeks yeah two two and a half that might be pushing i know i'm being generous yeah yeah, you're being very generous (laughs) you know i personally feel like chrissy's family forced her to go back on Twitter because they were sick of her talking in 240 characters or less. And every time she said something, she screamed at them, tell me you liked it, tell me you liked it. (laughs) It got old. Yeah. On a recent episode of The Simpsons, Benedict Cumberbatch voiced the character of a singer of a band called The Snuffs, who is old, fat, bitter, and vegan, and spouts racist shit. Seem familiar? 
So, of course, everybody figured it was a parody of Morsi, and Morsi is not amused. Uh, first, Morsi's manager slammed The Simpsons and Benedict Cumberbatch for their portrayal of Morsi. And then Morsi himself called it hateful and said he would sue, but he doesn't have enough money right now for that kind of lawsuit. <laughs> That's a good threat. You know, I mean, he should be thankful that it was just The Simpsons because do you know what happens on Family Guy or South Park? Like they'd have, they would use Morsi's real name, first of all. They wouldn't have a pseudonym and they'd have him like, having sex with a talking poo or something. He should be lucky he just got the Simpsons. Yeah. If the talking poo had was vegan, he'd probably be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so also in Morsi's statement, he said, in a world obsessed with hate laws, there are none that protect me. And honestly, the Simpsons writers should quit for not thinking of that first and putting in the episode because that is peak Morsi. The Hollywood Reporter confirmed that the first season of Amazon's Lord of the Rings series will cost $465 million. Again, that's for just one season. For comparison, Game of Thrones costs around $100 million for each season. Stuart Nash, the tourism minister for New Zealand, where the show will film, also said that the show's first season will cost that much and says it will be the great uh, largest tv show ever made and of course he's loving it because i mean they're making it rain on new zealand mm-hmm. and that, that ring better be diamonds because what is it gold, cheap gold gold plated it's i don't even think it's gold plated i think it's brass no oh yeah they got to get some diamonds this time around mm-hmm. or ruby yeah <laughs> um but i mean the ring wasn't even that expensive in lord of the rings i mean i don't technically know the value of that ring um but what could they possibly show us for half a billion dollars that we haven't already seen like are they gonna have a real golem's ass have we seen that oh i'm sure we have i'm sure there's (laughs) there's probably like a lord of the uh well lord of the rings yeah lord of the brown ring yeah yeah (laughs) Um, so, and finally, Vice did a little documentary about the song A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Everyone knows that song. Making my way downtown. So Vanessa was interviewed for the doc, and she said that she wrote the song about a crush she had on an acting student at Juilliard. And she can't say who because they're famous now. And they don't know she wrote the song about them. So Vanessa's bisexual, by the way. So people are guessing, and the guesses range from Jessica Chastain to Sarah Ramirez, to Adam Driver, to Oscar Isaac, to Wes Bentley, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Michael, do you have a guess of who it is? I mean, whoever it is, I'm like, girl, really? You walk a thousand miles for them? I mean, that's a, that's a long way to walk. Even the Proclaimers cut it off at 500 miles. It's true. Do you I- have a guess? Okay, so here's my theory. So she wrote it in 2002. What was popular in 2002? Gilmore Girls. Milo Ventimiglia was on Gilmore Girls. And now he didn't go to Juilliard, but he did appear on Boston Public, which is also a school. Venti means 20 in Italian. 20 is a number, just like 1,000 is a number. And 20 and 1,000 both start with a T. Milia means miles in Italian. And Milo also sounds like miles. So... It's very obvious that the secret famous actor in question is Emilio Ventimiglia. And it also means that Vanessa is um, just like very bad at math because 20 is not the same as 
A thousand. No, but you cracked it. You also cracked my brain, but you cracked the case too. The Oscars are this Sunday, so in grand D-list of the podcast tradition, Allison and I will each guess who we think is going to win some of the categories. Uh, The winner will get to say they won the D-listed, the podcast Oscar poll, and that's honestly a major honor. Mm -hmm. We we are working on an award. Yes. I'm making uh, it out of tinfoil as we speak. That's our budget, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I feel like most of these nominations are a lock. Like, most of these categories are a lock, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So let's start with Best Director. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Thomas Vinterberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. I My vote is for Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Mine as well. I feel like that's a lock. I think it is a lock. Like, I just feel like I've been hearing so much about her. And Yeah, she's won everything. So it would yeah. be a shock if she didn't win. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Best Supporting Actress. Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film. Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman for The Father. Amanda Seyfried for Mank. Yo Jung for Minari. I think it's going to be Yonyo Jung with Minari. Yeah, same here. Yeah, okay. The, I, I almost said Maria Bakalova, but I think it's going to be Yonyo Jung. Yeah. I think so too, except can I just put some energy out there? I did see one thing on the internet that said that it's absolutely going to be Glenn Close. Was it from Glenn Close herself? You know, even Glenn Close doesn't want that award for Hillbilly Elegy. No, it was like somebody saying, like, because Glenn Close has been snubbed so many times and because she's such an incredible actress, that this might be her, you know, Jeff Bridges' crazy heart where they're just like, look, we have to give it to you this year because we don't know if you're going to have another great thing. I feel like if it was any, literally any other movie, literally any other movie, that she has done, maybe, but this one, uh, it's so bad. There yeah. could be a tie, I but I don't think there's yeah. going to be. Okay, best supporting actor: uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago Seven; Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah; Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami; Paul Racy for Sound of Metal; Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. We have the same one. One, two, three. Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an easy one. It's for sure going to be him. Yeah. Best actor, also a lock. Mm -hmm. Um, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman for Moraney's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Gary Oldman for Mank. Stephen Yoon for Minari. It's Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, we both have that. I mean, that's... I bet my autographed Shauna Sand Lucite heel that he's going to win. That's how serious this is. Mm Mm-hmm. Best Actress, which to me is not a lock. This is the category that could go many, many, many ways. I agree. Um, so Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I, I think it's Frances McDormand. Okay, yeah. And who do um, you think it is? Carrie Mulligan. And... Uh. I think it's between Carrie Mulligan and Viola Davis. 
Yes, but I, I'm. Listen, I'm completely. It could go anywhere as well. It could go to Frances McDormand too. I think the only one that doesn't really have to worry about a speech is Vanessa Kirby, but it could be Andre Day, could be Viola, could be Frances, could be Carrie. It could literally be all of them. It could it, be all of them. Except, <laughs> it could literally for, be except all for them. Vanessa Kirby. No offense to Vanessa Kirby. I think it's going to be Frances McDormand because, like, they the Academy like loves the fact that she's just like I'm not into awards. And also she, I mean, she lived in a little trailer that's acting. Again, she's shit in a bucket. I know. That's like, yeah. she gets, she deserves an honorary yeah. Oscar for that. Okay. Best picture. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Okay. Um, so, Michael, the last time we talked about Oscar nominations, I had seen none of them. And since that conversation, I have seen two of them. So I am going to pick one of the movies that I have seen, and I think it's going to be Nomadland. Yeah, I'm going with Nomadland. But I, I think it can go other ways, too. But I'm going to go with Nomadland. Yeah, like it could be like Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we'll... F- Find out next episode how good... I think we did good because these are all locks. <laughs> yeah, it, it something like incredible would have to happen where we like only get Chadwick Boseman. That's yeah. the only one that's a guaranteed lock. Like there's going to... The rest of them can all be like, what? This person won? That's... So we know we have got at least one. At least, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so that ends this show. If you have a question for us or a note or anything else you can email us at dtp at delisted.com so happy 420 we're we're recording this on 420 oh yeah smoke them if you got them everyone bye bye (laughs) 